Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Amen. I spoke a few weeks ago about um, God's big picture for the planet. You know, discipleship itself is what we do to get to the big picture. The big picture, remember I shared a few weeks back. I wasn't here last week. Thank you for your prayers. But I think it it wasn't Easter. It was the one before that. The big picture is the promise to Abraham that all nations would be blessed. Remember that. And then that was in the covenant in in Genesis 12, Genesis 20. And then we find in Galatians 3 that the seed was Christ. All nations would be blessed because of Christ. But those who are in Christ are the seed of Abraham. Because they're in him, and our calling and sole purpose is to see all nations blessed. The blessing of Abraham will cover the earth. So in education, in government, in society, I tell you what, we just don't know what this world would have looked like if it hadn't been for that. You know, we look at pockets where it's really bad and crime is really bad. But there's pockets in the world where it's not like that. And if it wasn't for the gospel, there wouldn't even be those pockets. So thank God for the gospel. But if the church goes to sleep, the pockets of darkness will outgrow the pockets of light. Come on. So that's the big picture. That's the why we do church, why we do alpha, why we do discipleship, why we do home, why everything falls into God's promise. In Abraham, all nations. And somewhere in there, this little puzzle piece called you, say me. This little puzzle piece. God has got something to say about it. Reading from the Passion again. This is why the scriptures say, things never discovered or heard before. Things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. Who's the lover of God? These are the things that he's got in store. What things? Things that are beyond your ability to imagine. What things? Things that God has stored up. He's got it stored up in heaven. It's like keeping Christmas presents, waiting for the day when you're going to surprise your children. Just waiting for the right moment. And verse 10 says, it says, but, you could also use the word and there, it's the same word. It's just now expressing it. God now reveals these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, He has revealed it to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all these things. Wow, isn't that awesome? The Holy Spirit taking these mysteries. What are these mysteries? It's the many things that God has in store for his lovers. What are these mysteries? It's the things never discovered or heard of before. God takes by the Holy Spirit those ministries and is revealing those to us. And Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, We have become his poetry. 
Lovely, eh? The, this translation sort of brings out of that workmanship. Workmanship, tradesman, that would be a table. But for an artist understands the, the language of, of poetry. You're God's poem. He wrote a beautiful poem, and you that poem. If you're happy being a table, happy for you. Some, of, some people want to be a poem. You're God's poem. Uh, cre- re- a recreated, say recreated. That's for the born again. People that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny. And the good works he would do to fulfill it. You see, somewhere in there, God had a plan. For you and me. Somewhere in this big mandate of the blessing of the covenant that he promised he would do to honor the promise made to the woman after the fall in the garden has been perpetuated through history and into church history. And now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is to be demonstrated and executed. We are not called to make God Bless us. We are called to reach out by faith and take hold of His blessing. And what happens in our life becomes a blessing into other people's lives. Come on. When you got born again, you got 100% of God. Not, someone said, well, I'm not sure you got 100% of me. Well, in a sense he did, in a sense he didn't. Because when you were born again, you were made 100% acceptable, beloved, righteous, acceptable, beloved, righteous, did I say that? Holy. But your mind and my mind need to catch up to what happened to our new created spirit. And if that doesn't happen, then it doesn't matter how many good works God has planned and what wonderful poetry He intends for our life and how many things He stored up for us Until the mind comes into a place of agreement with what happened in our spirit when we were recreated for these good works, that will stay in the bank until we go to heaven and be with Jesus. So for us, the most vital thing is that we say, Lord, I want my mind to catch up to what happened in my spirit. Come on. That's what you've got to say right now. Lord, I want my mind to catch up to what happened in my spirit. Because if that doesn't happen, I just continue living below my privilege, living an average Christian, mediocre, complaining life, thinking that the next seminar or conference is going to be the uh, answer to all my needs and find out it's not. Or maybe not necessarily. Sometimes it is. Because sometimes we go to a conference and a word is spoken and it just puts faith in us. You see, The renewing of the mind comes by the Word of God. When the Word of God is taken and it's understood and it's owned, it begins to do a work of percolating and transforming our thinking, that our thinking comes into alignment with His thinking. And that process can take time. You know, it took us 30 years to get into the mess, and then we think it's going to take three days to get out of the mess. 
garbage in, garbage out. You know, our mind's full of all the stuff that's got to be re-combed and re-filtered. And, and we've got to get the PA balance right again. And the way we do that is by being, in, yeah, I want to say in the Word, but I'm so tired of that cliche. Getting the Word in me. This is why if we're going to make disciples, we have to emphasize that just reading a thing and being able to prepare it means nothing. But understanding it's important. And understanding comes when you can put it in your own words. Understanding comes when you can ask, what does this say about God? Maybe you get the answer wrong. And ask again, what does this say about God? What else does this say about God? Thirdly, what does this say about me? And what does this say about people? Maybe I'll get it wrong, but what does it say about me? What does it say about humanity? And then, fourthly, if I really believe this scripture, what, what would change in my life? Okay? And maybe, I'm, maybe I say the wrong thing. It's okay. What else would change in my life? And then finally, and this is so important, who do I know who needs to hear this truth? Because if I don't pass on what I get, I'll become a swamp and not a river. I get full of knowledge. I've been in church. I've done 150 offers, been to, got a doctorate in theology. But I'm a swamp because I just thought it was all for me, all for me, all for me. And some of you are so frustrated in your Christian life. And you say, I feel like a swamp. What's going on? There must be something wrong with the pastor of this church. It must be his, his wife's fault. She's not praying enough for me. It's like the woman who went to the pastor, to the pastor and said, will you marry me? It's my husband number seven. And please pray for me this time that this one will, be, will get it right. The pastor said, look, I think there's a common denominator in these seven marriages. Let me pray for you that you get it right. You know, we always want to blame somebody else for what's going on in our life. But we don't take responsibility for our own growth because we just want to be a swamp and get information and not pass it. So that, that final thing, who do I need? Who do I know who needs to hear this? And then I need to be accountable. I need to be asked by the person discipling me, so when are you going to do it? Come on. You see, for discipleship to work, it's going to go that way. But it's in the Word. It's getting the word into people. It's not another doctrine. It's not another philosophy. There's lots of good stuff out there and good teachings and 10 ways to this and 10 ways to that. But I tell you what, if you just take the word as the word and allow the word to transform your mind, it'll make you a different person. I wasn't going to read this, but let me read it now. Okay, before I read that. Before I read that. There's a great story in the Old Testament. Some of you familiar? I was going to preach this message last Sunday and I wasn't well. And during the week I was flipping through channels and I caught the last few minutes of something uh, on one of the TBN stations. And it was just that story. Remember the spies that were sent into the land? After, you know, Abram had been promised to go into the promised land, but then, you know, through... The, the drought and all that, you know, and Joseph, and then they're going back to Egypt and all this, and then became slaves, and under the leadership of Moses came out of Egypt. And um, 
they could have taken 11 days from the mount where they got to and they got the law. Could have taken 11 days to get to the promised land. Instead, it took them 40 years. Because they never combined faith to what they heard. They kept looking back to what they had. Well, back in Egypt, we were well off. What happened? No, you weren't well off. You were slaves. But you know, some things have quickly forgotten when we got no vision for the future. We can only get through today when we've got vision for the future because as the Bible says, without vision, you cast off restraints. And they were locked in their past, onions and leeks of Egypt, and they were locked in the present, what they saw. Oh, not another manna outpouring. Oh, what are we going to manna burgers just for supper tonight? Oh, no, not another manna pizza Sunday. Oh, no. Now we're going to have a manna bra flays. Oh, man. God, don't you want to do another miracle, another miracle? They were grumbling. They, they couldn't see beyond themselves. I know that's no one in this church. We never liked that. But when we locked in our present and we only can see the negative and our words begin lining up with, I can't, I can't. After a while, we contaminate all those around us. But when we're in a situation where we start seeing the vision of the promise to Abraham and the spies go in and they all saw the vision that God had for Abraham, the land was flowing with milk and honey. The fruit was beyond proportion. They could have all come back with a positive report and said, we can do this. And the whole multitude would have risen up and said, let's go. And it would have taken 11 days. Instead, it took 40 years because we just keep going around the same mountain. read this. The Lord said to Moses, send some of the men to explore the land in Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Ooh, that's small. I'm going to my Bible. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. And the Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who'd gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. And they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are a great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anna came from Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own sight, and we looked the same to them. That night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly of them. If only we had died in Egypt or in the desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we will get a new leader and we'll go back to Egypt. Oh, that cycle has repeated through history over and over and over again. I could take the whole morning just talking about that. They seemed like grasshoppers in their own sight because they weren't grasshoppers, but they began to see themselves that way. You know why? Because we begin to see ourselves according to 
the confession of our mouth. If we're talking about how uneducated and we're the wrong race and the wrong age and in the wrong country, and if we keep talking like that, it won't be long before we start seeing ourselves like that. If you believe God has got a home for you, but you're always talking about the bond rate and pay repayment problems and I never have enough, and you will begin to see yourself like that. But if you start saying, my God can do abundantly above all I ask or imagine through His power me, and it's His will that I provide a home for my family, then that means that giant is not going to stand in your way any longer. And you won't be like a, a, a grasshopper in your own sight. That's a whole subject of identity. We can't rise above our confession. If you're a grasshopper, you can't rise above your confession. And in our marriages, we go through, I mean, I know there's some people desperately praying, Lord, bring me a husband. Lord, bring me a wife. And then five years later, they're praying, Lord, save me. Lord, deliver me. Because marriage is tough. That's why. Come on. Who's been married longer than a month? Marriage is tough. And at times we've thought, we're not going to get through. After 10 years, it was like, oh, how did we make 10 years? And after 20 years, oh, God, how did we do that? Then after 30, oh, let's just give up and finish the race, you know. <laughs> joking, joking. But it's tough. But I don't want to be a grasshopper in my own sight. I don't want to be talking about how done in and damned in and messed I am. I don't know. Be saying derogatory things. And I've got to be very careful because I'm prone to a bit of a sarcasm. I know you would never have ever known that if you know me personally. If you're far away, stay, stay, stay far away. But I, am, I, I tend to, it's, it's a bad habit and I'm really working at it. And sometimes with my wife, um, I just want to confess here. Bible says confess your faults to one another, you'll be healed. But I'm not going to keep on speaking over our marriage things like destruction and failure when God wants us to rise up above our confession. And as someone said, it might even have been that woman who ministered here a few years ago, we need to be thinking about what we're thinking about. We need to be thinking about what we're thinking about. need to be thinking about what we're thinking. Because it starts, yeah, it starts in the mind with a thought, this person doesn't really deserve me. Or that person, that company that fired me, I'm going to get them. That's their fault that I've never been able to find a job. And you know, sometimes you come to the mountain and you ask God to move, change the mountain and God says, I'm actually wanting to change you. So what do you mean? Well, maybe... God wants to move your mountain by telling you to do something. Because we always want the mountain to move, just supernaturally. And God can do that. But he says, you speak to the mountain. So sometimes, in a situation, I'm unemployed, it was someone else's fault, got fired, the word of God comes to me, begin praying for his blessing and forgive him. 
That can't be God speaking. I'll find a new scripture. Thank you very much. We find out what the Bible says. Satan, get behind me. I resist that voice in Jesus' name. I just want God to miraculously transform this mountain. But God's saying, no, no, I want to tell you something because then when you partner with me and you exercise faith, you'll be accessing what I've got for you. So instead of Joshua praying that the walls would fall down, God says, this is what you're going to do. No, 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 no. We're going to just walls down in Jesus' name. And nothing happened. Until they did, you see, God is going to tell you something about your mountain. And then when your mountain hasn't moved and you go back to him, guess what? He's going to tell you the same thing until you do it. Now, I don't like this message this morning. There's a mountain and God's going to tell you to do something. There might be a mountain of, wow, other people always blessed and look at us. And, and you're going to get a sense of, go buy a gift and give it to the wealthiest person you know. And then go to the person you've heard has just had the most elaborate holiday and tell them how happy you are for them. And you just go, never. Then when the mountain hasn't gone away in six months' time, we go back to God. Guess what? He hasn't changed his mind. He's going to tell you the same thing. Oh, God, move my mountain. Yes, God wants to move your mountain, but somehow he wants to partner with us in saying, this mountain of depression in your life. And I I don't speak down on people suffering with depression. It's a real thing. I've had um, encounters with it. I know that dark cloud, it's an awful, awful experience. But we can't live there. And David got to Ziglag and everything had been destroyed and all the wives taken and his men wanted to kill him. And David had to encourage himself in the Lord. There's times where you've just got to take accountability to encourage yourself in the Lord. And depression comes from where our joy just diminishes. And there's no more strength because without the joy of the Lord, there's no strength. And we have to take responsibility. And no, no, it's their fault, and it's their fault, and it's this situation's fault, and it's because of these elections, and it's because of that. No, no, at some point I've got to say, only I can take responsibility for how I'm talking about this situation, and I need to pay attention to how I'm talking, because how I'm talking shows what's going on in my heart. You want to get to know somebody long term? Listen to the words that come out of their mouth. You'll know what's going on here. It's a The thoughts affect how we speak, and how we speak affects how we thought. I'm not just talking about psychology here. Obviously, God's created us as psychological beings, so there is. They've just observed what God did when he made us. But, But I'm talking about when God's word takes precedence, and we side with Joshua and Caleb and say, we can. We become a we can people, not a we can't people. 
We say we can get out of this debt situation. We can get this job. We can get this child. We can stick through this crisis. We can because God said, I'm giving you the land. If God hadn't said, I'm giving it to you, if God hadn't promised you that your seed will be blessed, that's talking about your children, then you'd have nothing to stand on. But when you meditate on that scripture and you come to a place where, what does it say about God? What does it say about me? How will this change my life? And suddenly you go, yes, that's my children who are going to be changed. I'm going to go and tell them, God is going to bless you whether you like it or not. Or we can just stay as grasshoppers. I found I was spending way too much time watching CNN. Then I went away for a few weeks on that ministry trip to the Philippines, stung by jellyfish. Kidding. Had an awesome time. Didn't watch news for a month. Came back. And guess what? Brexit hasn't happened. Syria's in chaos. Donald Trump is loved by some and hated by others. And I'd, I switched it off. I felt almost like a nausea. And I said to Janet, that's it. I'm done. These guys are making money to run their companies by filtering the worst stuff that's happening out there. And the garbage that we are getting into our head is filling us with fear, condemnation, guilt, and hopelessness. Five, six weeks later, I can't tell you what a relief it is. Because Fox just wants to sell more newspapers to Sky. And Sky wants to sell more news to this one. And this, because they're in competition. And we're the idiots buying their rubbish. Hello? Because we just believe anything. Oh, have you heard what Donald Trump did? Oh, go watch Fox News. Huh? You get a stage. Now, I'm not saying we should be ignorant about what's happening. I'll still read the headlines. A little app on my thing just gives me the... Two minutes, I've got a broad thing. Like we needed to know that there were these meetings happening this morning so we could pray into them. But to sit there and get sucked into it, and they love to suck you in. Oh, and that's not all. That's not all. You know, when Donald, this, and then they have six interviews from his high school girlfriends, and, and that's not all. And then they, then they go, I mean, come on! So he's not so bright. You know, his lift doesn't go all the way. But hang on, he's done a few good things. And a few bad things. Well, I don't even know where I was. Okay, these are the words Moses spoke to all of Israel in the desert in the Jordan. Okay, verse 2 tells us it only took a few days to get there. It took them so much longer. Okay, verse 3. In the 40th year of the first month, 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all the Lord had commanded him concerning them. This was after they defeated the king. Uh, verse 5, they were east of the Jordan, so they hadn't entered yet in the territory of Moab. Moses began to expound the, the Lord to them. And the, the Lord our God said to us at Horeb, this is where they sent the spies, okay? 11 days. It became 40 years. You choose. Is it going to be 11 days or 40 years? You have stayed long enough. Say long enough. You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Ammonites, 
Go to all the neighboring people in Arabia and the mountains and the western foothills in the Negev and along the coast to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and as far as the great river Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. It's because Abraham had already, he'd had it before. It got taken away because of all the not drama. Okay? Uh, Go in and take possession of the land and that I swore to give to your father, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and to their descendants after them. But the Israelites weren't ready to go in because of those mountains we're talking about. But what's, what's that mountain in your life? What's that mountain holding you back from going in? That repetitive thought about yourself that keeps you as a grasshopper that says, I can't make a career change. When you've been, you feel God has been wrestling with you, but somehow you think you're too old or you're not educated enough to make this career change, and this thing becomes a mountain. Now you've got to go to God, and God's got to speak to you. You've got to get into His Word. You've got to listen to His Word. Everything comes by words. Pictures come by word. Everything comes by word. We've got to, God, speak to me. Speak to me. Sometimes I'm watching a movie, and I can't tell you what words there were, but something happens, and it just confirms something. And I go to God's word, and I, and I meditate on it. And we, we, Our mountains are never going to move if we don't get God's word into our heart. I remember some of you know Dr. Caroline Leaf spoke extensively on this topic for a number of years. She was very helpful. The most helpful thing is she was a neuroscientist. Her greatest thing was saying, the greatest discovery of our time is that people can change their lives by altering their ways of thinking. And that ways of thinking can be altered through a process, neuroplastic um, thought, thoughts can be changed. Something that you think strongly today, in five years' time, you can feel totally the other way. The brain has that capacity. So whatever, whatever giants are standing against you, if it's fear or anxiety or guilt or, uh, the, and saying you'll, that mountain's not going to move, what, whatever those things are, the, the more we meditate in the truth, the more we're in God's presence and we, we allow Him to soak us and saturate. And someone right now in your work situation, you know there's a, 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 a change, a promotion coming. But sometimes you feel incompetent. You feel unqualified for it. You've got to change the way you think. You've got to go to the Scriptures that say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You've got to get the Word for such a time as this God has brought me to this company. You've got to, you, if it's a child, you, you say, we've tried everything. We've been to doctors. We've paid money. We, it's never going to change. Let me tell you as, you, as you meditate on God's promises that with me, nothing is impossible, says the Lord. I will turn all things for the good in your favor to those who love me. Because I've got a good story for your life that doesn't end in defeat. It's a story. It's a poem. And I've stored up good things for you. And I'm about to pour them out. I just want you to stay in agreement with me right now in your heart. Don't you? Just lift up your 
your hands and say, Lord, I'm receiving that into my life right now. I'm receiving a word of hope. I'm receiving a word of faith right now for my children and for that work situation that I'm facing. In Jesus' name, Lord, we agree with these people. We agree with them. We have to interrupt those ruts of thinking. As I said earlier, and I've run out of time, so I'll continue this. There's several things I've learned because I've struggled in, in areas. I'll share those with you, but in the hope that they will just encourage you to renew your mind. But look at this, the Passion Translation. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. We can imitate garbage in, garbage out. Believe whatever we're told or we can allow ourselves to be transformed and live the life that he's called us to. Scripture says that the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Watch the words. Pay attention to how you talk. And if you catch yourself messing up, go easy on yourself, and especially on your wife, And just work at it. Say, no, no, no. I, no I've just, I said something on the way this morning to church. And then I said, no, no, I don't accept that. Oh, yeah, this rubbish is going to be lying around you for the next couple of months. And then I said, no, no, no. That, that's, I take that back in Jesus' name. There's someone in the parliament who's got enough savvy to sort it out. They're going to sort it out. And maybe someone's sitting here or some people sitting here. I don't know. Whatever he says to you. But the way, pay attention to what, the little things you say. Pay attention because it'll show you a lot about what's going on in your heart. Because for what has been stored up in your heart will be heard in the overflow of your words. You can sit here on a Sunday morning and feel some transformation. But if I walk out that door and I just carry on talking the same old way, it will mean nothing. But if I determine in my heart, my 100% born-again spirit is going to be reflected in the way I start thinking about God's word, God's promises, and I'm going to be part of that blessing that God promised to Abraham in my school, in my college, at my home, in my family. I'm going to start being that blessing there because God promised through your seed all nations will be blessed. And the last time I looked, South Africa was a nation and South Africa can be blessed. Last scripture. Listen carefully, God speaking to you, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then 
as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. For the affections, pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. Thank you. For from there flows, remember what we just read? From the mouth, abundance of the heart, the words, the wellspring of life. So avoid dishonest, pretentious, perverse, no matter what. No matter what. No matter what's talking on around you. No matter what people are saying. You don't have to agree with those words. Only children come into bondage because they believe what's told to them. You're an adult now. You can say, I don't accept that. Just because a thought came to me doesn't mean it came from me. There's other sources of thoughts. When I was a child, I could be put into bondage by a parent or an adult uh, saying something about me. Ah, you are you a failure. you this. We all got those stories in our life. And we believe them. And for a while, because we believe them, they had authority in our lives. But you get to a stage where you say, I'm not going to believe everything everybody tells me. I'm not going to believe everything I tell myself. Because just because a thought comes to me doesn't mean it came from me. I'm going to find out what God thinks about me. And I'm going to line up with what God says. And I'm going to say, we can go into this land and we can possess it. Because there is a land flowing with milk and honey and God has good things for you and me. Can you stand up this morning? Just lift up your hands and let's say, Lord, I believe all things are possible with you. I believe that in you nothing is in vain, but you will turn all things for my good. This mountain I'm facing is going to come to pass. It'll just be a story I tell one day. It'll be a story I tell of the victory and the breakthrough and the miracle working power of God. My prompt obedience brought prompt uh, 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 deliverance. My prompt obedience brought prompt blessing, not to get God's favor, but to see his kingdom penetrate my life. So right now, with our hands up, we say, God, be glorified in my life. Amen.